You are listening to Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast, episode number 19 with Saima Ali, MD. Assalamu alaikum everyone. I hope you had a great week and I hope you enjoyed the sunk cost fallacy episode and I hope you are making some better rational decisions in your life. Today, I wanted to speak about strong women, how we come from a lineage of a very, very strong woman and how Islam actually gives us all the political and social rights that we need in this world. I got the idea of this episode from another podcast. I found this podcast recently. It's by Shazia Imam. It's called Feminine and Fulfilled. And uh, she recently had an episode called Forefathers. And she ends up speaking about all the challenges that her mother and her grandmother have uh, faced throughout their lives. And it was just such a beautiful, beautiful episode. I almost cried during that whole episode and I was thinking that this is an acknowledgement that we all should be making for our ancestors and to know where we come from is just amazing the history and everything for my I'll provide a little bit of background for my non-Muslim listeners to just get on board uh, with what we will be talking about later. But basically, to, in today's world, the we have the stereotypical view of Muslim women and the Islamic world. This is what the media tells us and the media portrays. And a lot of it is based on facts. Muslim women do not have the greatest lives and the greatest liberties that that were granted to them by the religion. They do not have those in a lot of Muslim countries. So a lot of it is uh, based on facts. Um, but it's important to distinguish the religion from the culture. So Islam is a religion of over 1 billion people. It's the second uh, largest religion in the world. And obviously, it's all over the world. You have from China to Africa to Asia, you know, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere you'll find Muslim uh, Muslim people. Even in Iceland, um, you'll have Islamic followers. And the religion has somewhat been overtaken by the cultural beliefs, so it's hard to distinguish what is culture and what is religion many times. But I'll try to speak from the religious perspective, what rights we've been giving from religion and examples of strong women from history who have, who have acted as role models for modern Muslim women, or by modern, I mean today's Muslim women. So basically, the, the one commonality that all Muslims will have is that they believe there is only one God. So this is a mana, theistic religion like Christianity and Judaism. So there's only one God. And then the second belief is that Muhammad وسلم, was the last prophet. He's not the only prophet. Uh, Jesus or Isa al-Islam before him, Moses before him, Adam, they were all prophets. They all came to guide humanity. But Muhammad وسلم, he's the last messenger. That's where the message ends. Um, God was trying to guide humanity on how to live on this planet and the message ended with the Prophet Muhammad. So that's the 
basic belief that all Muslims will have in common to identify as a Muslim. Other than that, you will hear many different opinions about everything from head covering, not every Muslim woman or every Muslim men believe that head covering is mandatory or necessary to some women who cover their faces. And then you'll meet Muslim women who you won't even recognize as a stereotyped Muslim woman. They'll be wearing, you know, mini skirt or a bikini at the beach and, you know, blue eyes and blue, um, you know, blue eyes and blonde hair. And that's not the picture that you would get what the media or what the society tells us in this day. So since it's a religion of 1 billion people and everybody disagrees on some aspects. And the most important thing is that Islam granted women all the rights that she needed. A woman could inherit property back in the day when women were not even given any recognition. And But I want to acknowledge the strength of the woman when they were asking questions and when they were trying to get their rights. So when Quran was being revealed, like all the major scriptures, um, it was using the noun male. Even in today's modern world, we have the American constitution that used all men, all men are created equal. And if there's no mention of woman, so that was the language that was being used back in the day. And woman came to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him, is, is your God only God of men? He does not speak about woman in, in your scripture, in your verses. There's no mention of woman. So we guess that he's not really our God and he's not going to help us or guide us. And just knowing that, you know, women were able to come out and ask these questions and challenge the leaders of the time or the, you know, recognized prophets at the time. That's just fascinating. Like, that's just, that just in itself is amazing to me that they were able to do this. And the, the response is even more beautiful, but I think just that recognition is amazing in itself. So after, after that questioning, after a moment brought up those concerns, the verse was revealed that used both men and women nouns. So there's a verse called, surely men who submit themselves to God and women who submit themselves to him and believing men and believing women and obedient men and obedient women and truthful men and truthful women and men steadfast in their faith and steadfast women and men who are humble and women who are humble and men who give alms and women who give alms and men who fast and women who fast and men who guard their chastity and women who guard their chastity and men who remember Allah much and women who remember him. Allah has prepared for all of them forgiveness and a great reward. So the verse is beautiful that there's no distinguish in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eyes for whether you are a male or a female, you will be rewarded for the good that you do. It doesn't matter what your gender is, but the language at the time being used was because of the language, the initial nouns were for all men. But that, you know, it makes me cry just wanting to think about that, everything that happened, everything that went through their minds and to ask these questions. And even later, there are many examples of uh, women um, 
sitting in, in you know, I'm assuming these were conferences that they were having and asking questions on different topics, even like sexuality. And it was, there was no fear. There's no judgment. It, it just sounds like, okay, there was a conference happen, happening and, you know, these uh, women and men are asking questions on how to do certain things and the answers are, uh, the answers are being provided and there's no judgment. It's not being seen as something that that's extraordinary. It's so sad that 14, 1500 years later, we are looking back at those questions and those conversations and seeing them in astonishment. Like, how could this have happened? It's, it, it looks like we've kind of gone back in time before Islam and before these rights were given. It's so sad where we've come today. But before that and during that time, it's just amazing and so loving and so beautiful to see what was happening. And I'll just talk about a couple of other powerful woman examples from uh, that time. Uh, one obvious one is Hadija Rizdalanha. She is the first wife of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and her story is fascinating. So this is before Prophet Sallallahu was given any revelations from God and uh, before he was recognized as Prophet or any any of that. When he was growing up, he was a young person working and he was employed by Hadija, who was 20 years his senior and uh, she was a powerful businesswoman and she had other people working for her and the next part where she is 20 year his senior and she she recognizes that he is um, a very honest man and a good man and she proposes to him for marriage and she's married to prophet sallallahu and just that is amazing like she is a powerful businesswoman who is 20 years older than him وسلم, and she is a divorced woman and it's also fascinating how we look at that today if you see an example of somebody who's uh, married to an older woman or married to somebody who's uh, divorced it's even today we just come up with this stigma but that was just an ordinary that was their life they did not look at it as something negative as something that was just not normal that that was the norm for them and that's like again where i feel like we've gone backwards in time and in history where now women have to prove themselves and go get a job and to try to get an education they or try to start a business and they're looked at as negatively rather than this is just the norm of the society. That's how it should be. Why is this even a big deal? And then another example is Aisha Rezidalanha. She, when she, there's a battle. It's the first civil war in Islam. It's called the Battle of Campbell. And we won't go into who is right or who's wrong. There was a lot of manipulation going on on both sides and uh, but this war happened and by manipulations on both sides i do not mean that ali and aisha were trying to manipulate each other but there were third parties present that were trying to take advantage of the situation so for example when aisha was 
going to Iraq to speak to Ali, there were there would be people telling her, hey, you know, Ali wants to fight with you. He wants to declare a war on you. And same thing on Ali's side. They were telling him that, oh, she's coming to declare a war on you. So there were third parties that were trying to manipulate the situation to their benefit. And unfortunately, this has happened a lot throughout uh, Islamic history. We've seen a lot of tragedy, and most of that tragedy has happened because of third parties trying to manipulate the situation. And she was fighting against the son-in-law uh, of the Prophet ﷺ, who was at that time recognized as the Khalifa or the leader of the Muslim world and this war happened between the two of them and Aisha Anha, she was in the war she was you know fighting on a horse or on a camel and this that was not seen as something that could not be perceived that that was just normal she just went out and she had a war and she was fighting and today when we see that oh, women are flying planes and women are in the army or women are in the navy and uh, in the modern world when they started getting these uh, privileges and started going out it's just been looked at something that's extraordinary that was from islamic perspective and Quran perspective and looking at islamic history but i've seen in my own family many women who have just shown tremendous amount of strength even in these times. So one of the examples I have from my own family is actually my great-grandmother and her sister. I learned this story recently from my mom. And the story goes that when my great-grandmother, she had three kids uh, who were very young uh, at the time, and her husband passed away. And this is probably in the, you know, late 1800s or early 1900s and uh, this is when India and Pakistan was like one country and at that time uh, we know what the woman's condition was everywhere not just in uh, India Pakistan but everywhere even in the West women didn't really have any rights and were not really working outside so you can imagine how it was but basically her husband dies and she has uh, these young kids and they had a lot of land apparently I've gone and seen this land where they used to do farming and to support themselves but now this great-grandmother was unable to live at that location she wanted to move closer to a different family so she was lied to and she was made to sell her land for very very cheap this is like huge piece of land and she was given two goats for it or something that was not even close to the value of what she was selling and she sold and, and then she moved um, closer to this other sister because she needed help with raising kids and then this other sister is the the most amazing story is that the other sister then never got married because she wanted to help her sister raise her kids. And not only that, she started dressing as a man because uh, women were not treated well in that time and they were 
you know scared for their own lives so she would dress as a man and she cut her hair short and she would dress as a man and have and and she was carrying a gun with her and she was riding a horse to get things uh, done for them so if she needed to go anywhere she would get on her horse and she had a gun that she always carried with her and she was dressing as a man so she could help her sister raise her kids and so that she could protect them from the world and uh, to protect herself and to protect her sister she had to change and basically become a man to stay safe and i just can't even process that you know that this is you know 100 years ago and uh, she had to make this decision and uh, it's very emotional just even thinking about it and honestly I, i can't even process any words to explain like what was going through her head at the time and even just looking bad at, back at it from even this day and age just time where we have jobs and where we can support ourselves but even just it just makes it more fascinating i think it just makes it more extraordinary to look back and see to see that it's just i don't know i don't have words for it and then i know my own grandma of course she's a very strong woman i've seen her fight through so many things in her life and one of the stories i have for her is it's kind of funny now but um she's still back in our home village in pakistan and one time these intruders came into our house with uh guns they brought guns to come to i guess as thieves you know to try to steal and they put the gun at my grandfather's head and tried to tell them that you know we need this or that and my grandma she was laying down i guess and she when she when she realized what was happening she had a stick next to her bed and she just grabbed the stick and started hitting them she said, who are you trying to scare you guys are kids and these are the toys that you're trying to scare me with i've lived this life already i'm way older than you i'm not scared of these toys and they literally just ran away so these kids come in with guns uh you know they're men we don't even know who they were they were not able to catch them later but these people come into our house with guns and she literally chased them out with a stick so those are the women we have in our lives and then of course my mom she's just amazing she's battled through breast cancer and she is doing awesome amazing mashallah and uh, she's just done so much for us how she's encouraged us to just get ahead and to get educated and to live our lives she just always told me that i was not able to do this i was not able to study so i want you to study and i want you to get educated and be able be you know independent and financially able to support yourself and she's just like put that in our head from the time we were very young and she's a fascinating woman in her own self so i'll try to share her stories uh, some other time i'm kind of getting to the 20 minute mark that i have for you guys but i just wanted to acknowledge all the strong women we have and uh, to tell you that 
being extraordinary, being a fighter, being a businesswoman, going out to fight and being in a war if you have to, that should not be seen as something that's out of your reach or out of your grasp. If you have to do that, do that. We have many examples of women who've done it. If you need to, you know, learn to manage your finances, that's nothing compared to what are women before us have gone through that's you know this is nothing compared to that so you can learn your finances you can learn to manage your money you can learn all these things this is not hard we come from very very strong ancestral background and there are many many other examples of you know strong women from different cultures and different backgrounds that i'd love to discuss some other time but you are extraordinary you can do it. You can learn anything. You can manage anything, whatever you set your mind to do. So anyways, I'll talk to you guys some other time. This was a very beautiful and very emotional experience to record this. Thank you so much, Shazia Imam, for this idea and just taking me back in history to think about all this. Alrighty, until next time, guys. Bye.